Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now tuned in to the TKV Report. I'm your host, K. Langevine, and today's guest is hard to, hard to put in a box. He's a singer, songwriter, producer. He has a sound that bridges the gaps between Motown and Uptown Records. You know, shout out to Barry Gordy and the late, great Andre Harrell. Um, if there were ever to be a biopic of the legendary Sam Cooke, this man should get the job hands down and no one else should have an audition. Hey, man, your mouth got ears. You know, his talent is next level. His music is timeless. Ladies and gentlemen, help me in welcoming the new voice of soul, Mr. Brad Marquis. Good evening. How everybody doing out there? And the music I've been playing since I came on has been the guest of today, uh, Brad Marquis. Um, love will find a way. So what's up, good brother? Welcome to the show. Welcome, 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 mom. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, man. The folks don't even know how long time coming. I, I, was, I was thinking of some things, man. I was... The... The, the first time, and, and I, and I, I want to say this before I let you introduce yourself, but this has been, you know, like a lot of cats, they want to be rappers and football players and all that. Like for a very long time, I always wanted to be in a position to like talk to people who are doing some amazing, incredible things. Like I used to listen to every radio station and this, I say, yo, one day I can do that. And you had a show. And this is after we developed our friendship. You had a show in New York with um, at Drone. Okay. And okay. after you performed, and we got pictures of you. Sent me a pic the other day. After right, right. we after you performed, we went upstairs like in the green room or whatever, and I put my album release party. Album release party, you know. And I sat down and I interviewed you, and I and I I did it on the phone. That's how, I, like, way back, like, I did it on the phone because I was just so tuned in and focused on trying to get to this level where I can have a platform like this. And you were the first artist to allow me to do that. Hmm. So for that, I want to say thank you. And all those years later, I get a chance to sit down and talk to you like this, man. So, you know, I guess things come full circle. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to be a journalist when I had no clue what that, what that life was about. So. So thank you, thank you, sir. Cheers yeah. to you. Man, no, no need to thank me for for any of that, man. I, you know, I, I posted in promoting this process, this project. Um, uh, I posted that you were the first person fresh out, fresh out of college that gave me an opportunity to perform on stage. You know, and this is what Diva Line, yes, and, and you know, Naughty by Nature, and all of that. You know, yes, all of, all of that. You know, and and it's crazy. I, I, I just had a, a birthday party for my mom, right, uh, a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday, mom. Right. And um, 
And my, my keyboardist at the time, he came by the house. I ain't seen him in years. So he came by the house and, and hung out for the party or what have you. And he was telling me the story about um, when I, we were at 88 Keys and I think it was um, Vinny's birthday, I think it was. Mm. And, and, you know, Trench, Vinny and all of them came through to throw a party and I was on stage, you know, singing my, my, my love song, singing my sad songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because I'm thinking back at the time, I was like, you know, I remember that night when I got on stage, I was all brokenhearted because me and me and my uh, ex-fiance or whatever had gotten some big old argument. And I thought, you know, I, I think that was like the, the beginning of the end, you know, that situation. But yeah. I came that night, everybody was in the building ready to, you know, turn up, get started, get, you know, get going for the, for the yeah. party. Yeah. You know, and they're singing John Legend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just keeping it mellow. And I remember Trench got on the stage and put his arm around me like, bro, we hear you, dude. We hear you. <laughs> like, we know, we get it. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to have to move it along because you're ready to go. Yeah. Now, Peace, peace, DC, peace, baby. Um, listen, if if I'm not mistaken, that might have been the night that I that we met, that I saw you first. Um, no, nah, matter of fact, it wasn't, it wasn't, because I would remember if it was a it was a, a, a naughty by nature party. But I do think the first time that I discovered your talent was at 88 Keys, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's back when you know the Diva days, and I was out scouting talent. You know, shout out to Kenya. I think I was with, you know, my, my partner at the time, Kenya. Shout out to Spence, you know, my brother. And I was like, yo, this brother is going to be a star. Like, I need to have him on the show. And when we met, you told me you were from Trenton. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, that's a, that's a long track to come from Trenton to Montclair. That's like going from south all the way up north. Like, that's two different spectrums. But you came out, man, and 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 killed the show, man. I mean, how could I not, man? You know, I'm 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 a newbie in the game, man. I was just looking for opportunities to 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 learn to do what I do right now. You know, I didn't even know what I, I didn't know what I was doing at that time, man. I was trying to figure it out, and you know, you provide an opportunity for me to figure it out. You know, begin phase, man. I you know I couldn't be more more great. Nah, man, that that was that was. Confidence. Your, 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 your confidence in me helped my confidence in me. Yeah, that was that was that was my pleasure, man, because we had a formula uh back then. And the formula is still to this day. Like there were a lot of people and I and I think when I when I met you, I'm not sure if it was a big crowd or not. Because yeah. I think I think it was just I kind of was like like uh tunnel vision. I was like, yo, this brother, like if I had a record label, I'd assign you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, but the um, uh, the the formula was always, I've been to New York, Philly, all over trying to get talent to come to Divas, right? And you would go to these places, and it would be somebody's up there who is, they all right, but they got two, three hundred people, and so now that makes the show that makes them look more talented than they actually are. Yeah. 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 My goal was always, listen, I'm going to get them and let them be a part of the show and bring all their people. But I got to get I got to get the, the heavy hitters in the building so that once all those people see what we have to offer, they're going to call other people. 
to come that night because the shows were early. And I remember that night specifically. It was a lot of people in there because it was a couple of artists that we booked from the area that had a crazy following. And by the time it was packed, and by the time you finished performing, everybody that was in there was just like, yo, you got to get here. You got to get here. You got to get here. This dude is amazing. You got to get here. You got to get here. You got to get here. And that just that just made the party that much that much better. So just piggybacking off that, I remember I remember walking to the stage, and then I remember I couldn't get from the stage when I walked mm-hmm. off. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, you know, enough about memory lane. Do me a favor. Tell yeah. the people who you are. Tell the people who you are, where you're from. You just um, did just, just so. So, Jersey bound, South hey. Jersey, North Jersey. Well, we, 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 you know, depends on where you at. We central. <laughs> Central, okay. Trenton, New Jersey. Um, born and raised, and I've spent a lot of time in in a lot of places. Ohio, you know, being one of them. Youngstown, Cincinnati. Um, lived in Brooklyn, New York for for many many moons. You know, is where I really took this took my career to the next levels when I moved up to New York. And um, yeah, I just, I've been living in Jersey since I left New York. You know, been uh, singing, acting, producing, writing. You know been able to travel around the world doing this music thing on tours with major artists, this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's been a, it's been an incredible journey, you know, with, you know, I, I talk to my peoples all the time, like, you can't imagine how many, in the last 15 years, this music business has changed. Yes. You know, how many times in the last week, every, it seems like every other year, you know, there's a new technology, a new something that makes you have to evolve as an artist, you know, or, or think of new ways to connect with your fan base or, you know, uh, uh, promote your music and new ways of, of cre- you know, creating income off of it and continuously evolve, you know, or, or just get left behind. And it's just interesting, you know, you have to find ways to do it that fits you comfortably. Because if not, then it's not going to be authentic. And in these days, you know, with so many artists out there, authenticity is, to me, what stands out the most. So now being authentic is not a problem that you have. Uh, I was listening, you know, and doing the research for this. I said, let me go back and listen to his music. And I don't know if you remember this. I bought I bought two copies that night because I wanted one, you know, when you get your gold, you know, your your, your platinum plaques and your Grammys and all that, that I could say, yo, I actually have an autographed uh, album cover of of Brad Marquis. So I'm listening to the music, right? And I'm like, yo, this doesn't sound like anything. And in the intro, I said that it is a mixture of Motown and Uptown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a song that you have, uh, and it has a really, got a Christopher Williams vibe. And Christopher Williams was signed to Uptown Records. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think anybody who knows your musical career knows that you have an affinity for Sam Cooke. Yeah. Now, I just want you to speak on the love for Sam Cooke, like where that came from, and why you didn't allow the new the nuances of the game where people were going in different directions sonically and whatnot, and you kind of stayed in the lane of, of soulful uh, 
uh, love ballads. So could you speak to that? Well, that's 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 who I am. You know, um, you know, I write about what I know about. I write about the things that I'm experiencing, things that I'm going through. Um, and for those first three projects, that was a that was real heavy on on my mind. You know, I had to evolve as a person, as an artist, to to truly start to step out and write about other things. You know, Marvin Gaye style, Stevie Wonder style. You know, when you start you know talking about other aspects of life outside of a male relationship or just a you know relational you know in those type of love romantic relational kind of things you know so i had to grow up and find my voice and find you know center myself and find myself in order to start writing other songs like no war or the next thing that i'm coming with and you know i periodically wrote songs like that on my projects you know finding my way and um you know, still got love, and there's things, there's there, there's songs on each of my project that kind of speak to that. But you know, the the song for me, like you said, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head in reference to um, uptown. Uptown is what I grew up on. You know, uptown bad boy is is kind of when I that era when I fell in love with music. I listened to music before that, but I fell in love with music. I, I, mean, I can tell you, five the MCs treat them like they want to be treated. Mm. That was it for me. You know, when I heard that, that was it. And then once Jodeci dropped their album, I was it was over. I wanted to, I wanted to start making music. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to create that sound that I, I heard with Jodeci and then Mary, you know, Mary J and all of that. So, you know, my aunts and the uncles and all of them played that Motown 70s sound, that 80s, you know, uh, Prince and all of that. You know, they, they played all of the, that music that I heard as a kid. And it, it was, it was uh, you know, listen to it on the Quiet Storm, WBLS and BAS and all of that. I listened music but you know it it really didn't resonate the way that when uptown hit and when uptown hit back and researched and reintroduced and was able to fall in love with that music as well and, and truly embrace and understand that music as well and all of it has made me who I am today and who I continue to strive to be and you know it's in this as as I discussed earlier with the constant evolution of and changing of the entertainment business, of music business, I had to center myself because I didn't want to change. I was like, yo, I'm not going to keep evolving like this, keep chasing like this. Like, mm. you know, you lose yourself. And then, and then you don't grasp onto, you know, a, a, a strong fan base or people don't understand who you are or you're constantly becoming somebody new in a new season, you know, un, un, authentic, inauthentically. You know, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to that I love, you know. I'm gonna create music that I want to hear. I'm gonna create music that speaks to, to to my soul and that speaks to hopefully speaks to other people's soul, you know. And and it's gonna fall where it falls, you know. If it makes a million dollars, it makes a million dollars. If it makes one dollar, it makes one dollar. But what I'm not gonna be mad about is my investment in it. What I'm not gonna be mad about is you know the time that I spent. I'm not gonna be upset about it because I did exactly what I wanted to do. So regardless of whatever response it gets or doesn't get. It doesn't matter because I did exactly what I wanted to do, and I put out exactly what I wanted to put out. And whoever it touches, is flattering to me, you know, because there's no agenda behind it outside of creating something, you know, just genuine. And have, and have and trying to have fun with it again. Once you start chasing that money, you know that the you know the fun and the joy sometimes leaves. Stay, staying true, staying true to yourself, you can never go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know. So now you mentioned you mentioned falling in love with music, yeah, yeah. and you know, in listening to your discography, right? 
um, you have quite a few songs, two or three, where you reference how music is like your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you, in uh, a good man, I think it's on your authentic album. Her name is Music, and I'm looking for a woman to accept that. You know what I mean? So you you have songs about relationships. You have songs about good relationships and bad relationships. You have songs about your your love of music. Like, creatively, like, how do you... Like, there's a movie, Brown Sugar. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's right. about how they fell in love with hip-hop. Right. Right. These songs that I'm listening to, it, it's a recurring thing, mm -hmm. and I'm just, I, I'm just trying to figure out, like musically and creatively, like how do you come up with the themes of, of, of writing, your love letters to music. The music and straight. First of all, what's up, man? Hey, Starks, I see you, man. What's goody, man? Um, but. On, on that good man, that was actually co-write. That actually was written, um, co-written with Gordon Chambers, you know, mm. Grammy winning writer, producer. You know, he wrote um, I Apologize, Nita Baker and uh, Brownstones. Say, wow. you know, he, you uh. know, he's and a lot, you know, Missing You with Tamia and Gladys Knight and, you know, a lot of joints for a lot of people. Usher, Whitney, on and on and on. Um, so he's, uh, he's a friend of mine and we actually lived a few blocks away from each other and we got really close, you know, early in my career. And he uh, kind of ushered me into the indie soul New York circuit. Introduced me to the, the whole circuit. Um, but he, he actually co-wrote that song. And he came to me. It was it's like an autobiographical song at the time. You know, I sent him the track. And he actually he wrote it, you know, and I, I finished it. with I, I wrote the bridge, and he wrote, but he wrote everything else. But it was, it was meant to be autobiographical. And at the time, that was my, my, my juxtaposition, my challenge, you know, because I loved music. You know, and, and other romantic relationships had to understand, you know, where I was at with it and what I was willing to sacrifice to make it happen. And a lot of times it was a romantic relationship, you know, and, and it, a lot of times in this business, people, you know, unknowingly are in competition with your past. So as opposed, wow. as opposed to helping you achieve your goals and achieve you know, the desires of your heart, they try to come in in front, they want a, a, a place in front of it. You know, they want a place, you know, alongside of it. They want to, you know, no, no, I know you love that, but show you love me by not doing that or by, you know, making sacrifices with that. Like, I know you got to go to the studio night, but stay here with me today. Mm -hmm. It's like, hold up, you know, hold up. <laughs> like at that time, I did, I certainly didn't know how to balance it. And I certainly didn't, know or and maybe even want to make anybody that important in my life you know because my whole focus was music 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 let's make this thing pop because you know i was i was trending in the right direction at that you know and, and it was moving fast you know so we had deadlines we had things to do you know we're touring we're doing all this that and the other and so that was my 100 percent focus but you know you you, you entertain you go out on dates you do this you do that people fall for you they dig you for whatever reason but a lot of individuals, especially ones who didn't have that type of passion in their heart or knew what they wanted to do, you know, I became their passion or I became, you know, getting my attention was their passion, you know, and that was kind of, that was where that, that good man, like, you know, looking for somebody who understands where I'm at and won't be intimidated or try and come in 
in fear with that. There, there's a, um, there is, there's this illusion that when you're doing things in entertainment, that it's a hobby, that it's a fad, it's just something that you're trying to do for the moment. And people don't take you serious when you say, listen, I got to go to the studio to record this because not only do I love recording, but like this is something that I'm trying to do. Man, uh, people laugh at me, you know, when I told them I was a musician or this is what I want to do in my life. And this, that. I didn't had people I was dating laugh, flat, look in my face and laugh at me because they didn't believe that this was something that was achievable or there was something that, you know, maybe that I could achieve, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you got, Kyle. What's good? What you got? Um, the and it's and it's very difficult. I had another guest on here prior to this. I think you met him a couple of times. He's into photography, and he said if one more person says I'm into the photography thing, it's just like yo, it's not a photography thing. Like it's a job. Like I book appointments. Like I make people pay me for my craft. Like your music is not just a fad, and it's very difficult. Early on, unless you, you know, touring with Beyonce and DJ Khaled, that right. people will take you seriously. And, and I think that is something that we've all been through who's ever tried to be in this business. You know, right. um, my relationship back then when I was doing Divas Lounge, that was a major problem. Like she thought it was a, you know, it was a, you know, it wasn't important. Enough. No, actually, you know what? That's all my fault. I ain't going to get into that. I ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> Any problems I had with that, that was all my fault. I take full responsibility. What can I say? Hey, hey man, it, you, you know. know, it goes down that road because it, you know, in, in the beginning, you may not be making one penny off of you. May not be, a dime. Like I said, I, I, when I first started out, I was paying people to let me perform when I first moved to New York. You mm. know, I was, I was spending money, you know, two fifty, four hundred dollars to get on people's stages just to be seen and heard. You know what I mean? And once I started, you know, shutting down the shows and, I, and people started coming 40, 50 deep to see me perform, spending yeah. $20 a head, then yeah. they now they calling me to come get on the stage because they know well, what I, I'm, I'm bringing. I'm bringing a squad. Well, well I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pay respects to you right now because I've made quite a bit of money off of you. I'm, I'm just going to keep it with I guess, I guess we could talk, we could talk off air. <laughs> about you know what type of check that looked like, but you know I ain't gonna lie to you. When I saw you, I got some residuals out there. At, when I saw you at Eighty Eight Keys, it was other people who performed who had, you know, a large following that was there to see them. Mm -hmm. I saw dollar signs when I saw you because I said, "Yo, if this brother comes all the way to Montclair to perform, I'm going to make so much money at that door." For the next time I get him to come down, it's gonna be ridiculous. You know what I mean? So you know, we don't don't hit me too hard with it, Paul. So, but 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 I did make some money off you, and I'm sure a lot of promoters out there did as well. And we all need to come together and write this brother a check. You know I what I mean? You know, puts it. you saying? I, I, I that's real talk, man. That's real talk, man. Like it's that's the formula. Like you got to get people that's gonna draw them in for the next show. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly yo. Is that brother performing? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yo, give me ten tickets. I had my money before the show even started. You know what I mean? Right, right. But um, all right. So now getting into performing and whatnot, right? So you have you 
not only did you grace the stage of the Apollo, you also, um, it was on Showtime at the Apollo. Right, right. So not only did the Apollo crowd see it, like the world was privy to that. You know what I mean? The world got a chance to experience that. T tell us about that experience. Then I want to jump into something else. Oh, man. Well, I did, when I, that was one of the first shows um, I did out of college when I moved back to Jersey. As I went, I went to the college in Cincinnati and I moved back to Jersey in 2003. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like around 2004, 2005, um, Showtime at the Apollo went on the road. And, the, and one of the spots they stopped at was Trenton. And they were just, and they were looking for talent. So okay. I did that show and I didn't win that show, but they was like, yo, we want you to come and, and be one of our, our, um, I guess I call it walk on something like that. I forget what they call yeah. it. Just walk on. You know, they have guests that are there, but if if you you know if they win three shows or they get booed off of this that and the other, they need people to fill in the next show because yeah. they bunch of, just a bunch of shows in the same day. So they had me come up and sit in the audience or whatever, whatever, and and lo and behold, I got an opportunity to perform. And you know, I did that uh, Donny Hathaway a song for you. Mm -hmm. I was rehearsing that song, man. And the funny, just to go back, I did Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come, for the audition here in, here in Trenton, for the show here in Trenton. I did Donnie Hatton, but we couldn't use Sam Cooke because they couldn't license the music, so I had to switch to Donnie. And so I studied Donnie's every nuance of his voice, you know, for a good month, month and a half before the show. And when I got there, and, you know, like I said, they, they called me up, you know, I was shocked up there, you know, all nervous as the other. I was so nervous that, um, I, I forgot the song before I walked on the stage. And uh, Monique pulled me to the side was like, look, man, calm down. I was like, when you hear that first note, this is, I guarantee you the song is going to come back to you. Yeah. I walk out on, and if you look at the video, because you can find a video on YouTube, whatever, whatever. So if you look at the video, I'm walking on the stage with my head down. I'm thinking to myself, shit, what's the song? What's the song? I can't remember the song. They're going to kick me off stage. Oh, my life is going to be over. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Cause this, this yeah. is this is infamy. It's never yeah. So they hit the um, they hit that first note, and song just came out. You know, I, I didn't even think about it. Song just came out, and we was gone. And that episode, I think, played from 2004 or five until Showtime and the Apollo went off the air. They put me on the best of the Apollo. Wow. You know, that episode played until Showtime and the Apollo went off the air. You know, and, that's, and to this day, you know, I've seen a lot of artists, you know, that are, are big now who are saying that, you know, I've seen certain um, comments in there in, in interviews they've done that said that that performance, they didn't know my name, but they said that specific performance was something that inspired them. Absolutely. To want to be an Absolutely. artist. This and that, you know, and I've heard it countless times. And, you know, it's just one of those classic moments that, you know, I'll never forget, you know, and, and, you know, I'm glad it lived. It lived as long as it lived. So now you get the opportunity to go back to the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's for the Apollo Music Cafe, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that a few times. Apollo became my second home, man. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they would they would call me to perform. They would call me to you know for for artists that they wanted to come in, and you know they needed ideas or or or, or co-signs on certain artists. But certain places in New York. Apollo, SOBs, B and then eventually BB Kings became second home, became a second home to me. You know, they were okay. like I set up a residency in BB Kings with a Soul Factory where I hosted that show. 
And I would all, whatever artists they bring through in BB King, they would always, if it was a female artist, even male artists a lot of times, um, if our voices were uh, a different texture, they would call me in to open up and do this, that, you know, and do this, that, and the other. I, I used to, I hosted a show for about a year, a little over a year, at um, Lucille's, the smaller lounge. Mm -hmm. so, and I was, you know, so I got real tight with everybody over BB Kings. I broke my heart when they, you know, they had to shut it down and, and all of that. You know, a lot of our performance spaces in New York, especially now, you know, especially now, have been shut down and moved out. So now you also, you also, um, I don't know if it was a, a, a residency type, but I know you also had a relationship with Blue Note. Yeah, 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 yeah. So speak about that, because that's a legendary room as well. Like I said, man, I, I was, I've been blessed. I've been blessed, you know, with the opportunity to, to grace all of these stages and, and, and see my name on the wall and, and, and be able to hang out in the dressing rooms and, you know, the Blue Note. You know, I had an opportunity to do the late night show. You know, I'm hopping on the stage at 1 a.m. Like, what? 1 a.m. Prime time. That's Man. prime time, dude. Voice is, voice is dead to the world. Sleep. Got to yeah. sleep in my car to the time to do the show. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was nuts. You know, do an hour show, you know, hour and a half show at 1 a.m. in the morning. Ain't getting home until 5 kind of thing. But it's a blue that's note. A so you, that's it's the, a blue. And that's the life. And that's the lifestyle, man. Now, and now. You, you do those shows and you, and you, well, I did those shows and I built, you know, a good following fan base through that. And they moved me to the 8 p.m. shows. So now, you know, now I'm primetime, primetime. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, get to Sam Cooke. And that's why, I, you know, one of the, I don't say first places, but when I reintroduced my Sam Cooke show, that was, it was there at the Blue Note. All right. So the, it was one performance that, I think it was it was at a theater, uptown. Uh, Beacon was no, Beacon. Was, it, well, there was a Beacon, but no, uptown. You might be talking. Uh, what, what show was that? Um, uh, I can't remember. The, I, I got the name of the place. Either either way, check this out. Yeah, yeah. And she and she's watching right now. We were late for the show. Mm-hmm. It probably nine times out of ten it would have been my fault. This <laughs> yeah. time it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and she know and she know exactly who she is who's watching right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got there and, and I think it was a tribute to I wanna say it wasn't Sam Cook. It had to be Sam Cook. I know exactly it's the Triad Theater. Triad Theater. Triad Theater. Okay, it's Triad Theater. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So first, I missed that joint. First did Sam Cook in two thousand and uh was well, 2009, 2009, yeah. I think. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. But there's another theater where I was really trying to make this show at the Howard Theater. Mm. I wasn't there, but just the pictures and the and the footage that I had seen, just it just looked like that experience was otherworldly. Could yeah. you talk about you know Howard Theater? I, I believe that's in Washington D.C. D.C. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like talk talk to us about that because when when I saw when I saw the pics, it just looked like you had a ball, you had was, a ton of fun, and like the people were 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 truly engaged in it, man. Right. Talk about it. Right. Well, that, that was a brunch show, but like I said, there were there were certain places that, you know, when I gave them a phone call or or they would give me a phone call to come and perform, Howard Theater was one of them, you know, and you know I, I performed and opened up for you know all kinds of artists 
you know, uh, up until that point. And then they finally gave me my own show, um, you know, my own night, just me, you know, no, yeah. old, nothing like that. And we did the Sam Cooke thing and we sold it out, you know, sold out Howard Theater and, you know, brunch show. And it was just an amazing experience. You know, had the full band out there. I think it was seven, eight piece band. And, you know, we did a, the full Sam gig match hit. And it was just, um, you know, one of the, you know, memorable, one of the amazing experiences to be able to, like I said, all these legendary Blue Note, Apollo, you know, soul, you know, soul, uh, um, SOBs, like all these amazing legendary places that I got an opportunity to frequent and yeah. relationships with people and, and really just, you know, make a name for myself. So, so you mentioned that you know you 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 forged some relationships with with some some other artists, like like talk about um, some experience that you had opening up for for certain artists and you know what what shocks you about you know working with those A level type artists. Um, well, I I mean I, I I've worked with so many artists. All of them had one thing in common, and it was their dedication to their craft. You know, it was their, their work, you know, and, and, you know, the support that they had around them. You know, one thing I always envied, and I, I don't, I've never truly had the opportunity to have this, but to just walk into a space and just be the artist. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, as an indie, you have to wear multiple hats. You know, you got to be the promoter. You got to mm -hmm. be the, the stage manager. You got to be the music director. You have to be, you know, the, the, you know, the, the dude at the door collecting tickets before you run up on stage and perform. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have that experience. Well, all I got to do is walk in, sing, and go and home. show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Artists, they didn't even do their own sound check. You know, I had, you know, they would, the background singer did the sound check to get the mic levels and all of that stuff. You know, but, and, and another thing I noticed with the artist is we're all, we're all the same. We're all human. You know, and, and they, even though they've reached a max level of success, they have the same insecurities, if not more, than the average person. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that quite a bit. And it wasn't, it wasn't shocking, but what took me by surprise is that you would just hear it from different, from different people. Mm -hmm. in different spectrums mm -hmm. like artists are just and then and when you think about it like yo they're just people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know they're just people they just have a lot more fame a lot more money but they just yeah, a lot more money but you gotta you gotta keep in mind man you don't get elevated you don't get elevated in one space you don't get elevated successfully without getting elevated with challenges as well you know and and, and success come you know it's, it's always a, a balance you know so you might be successful you know famous or have a lot of money, but your challenges have elevated as well. Now you got people who yeah. pockets. Now you got people who always want something from you. Now you have to be able to navigate that. You know where everybody at one level when you was when you was on the come up, everybody was grinding, everybody was working together. You know people weren't trying to pull at you because they didn't think you had nothing. Yeah. When you get something, now you got everybody pulling at you. Everybody got expectations, and that's the thing: expectations. Once you reach a certain level. You know, it was crazy. I, I let some folks hear my new single the other day. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You know, but, you know, folks get to the point where they expect you to make that hit. Mm. When you make it, it's like, they're, you know, when you first coming up and they don't have those expectations, everything is like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've had a few of them, they, they you know, 
they, they one their expectations have elevated for you, you know. So you and, and they're they're looking for more, looking for something, whatever. But they they may not be as energetic and enthusiastic about your work, you know. Which is no slight on you. It's just they've come to expect you to be great, you know. So now to get that response that you got in the beginning, you gotta, you know. I don't even know. Sometimes you can't even get it because they just expecting you to be that great. You know? Consistent. Consistent. I, I saw. I saw. Um, I see uh, a lot of comedians say this when, when they're doing a show. Uh, shout out to Barry all the way from, from Texas. Yeah, yeah. Brother Will, what's up? Uh, Larry, what's going on? We're going to talk. Um, and they're like, yo, y'all want a funny-ass joke every single time. And, you know, it's, it's hard to please everybody. You know what I mean? You can't. It's hard to please everybody. You know what I mean? But... Hey, what's up, Cuzzo, all the way from Cali, West Coast? Um, so I just want to say this, right? So I created this platform where I can have brothers like yourself. And I'm just, I'm just blessed where I know a lot of people doing some amazing things. So I created this platform so people, you know, artists like yourself can come on and talk about their experiences, talk about you know, what they've been through, talk about what they're going through now, talk about their plans in the future. And there, there was something, you know, so I just want to give you your flowers while you're alive so you can smell. I want you to hear how much I appreciate your talent while you're alive to appreciate. You know what I mean? So I just want to say thank you for coming on and giving me this opportunity. I know we talked about it a million times, but you know, you got a little man. I got two little queens. A little, you got a, a young king that you you raising. I got two little two queens that I'm I'm trying to raise. And you know, scheduling is always right. something. So I just wanted to put it out there that listen, man, I think I think you're one of the most talented brothers uh, that that I've come across in 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 my in my career. So salute to you. I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. 